For most of us, work is a sad affair. We are confused about it, disconnected from it, or simply over it. Fulfillment, lasting success, and a sense of purpose are rarely found. And yet we deserve them, because happy work is not just a possibility, it is a right. Welcome to the Human Value Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we explore a new take on a better work reality and how we can all achieve it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Human Value Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Vera. I'm here with Olivier. Hello. And we are delighted to have on the show today, Rose Lounsbury. I got it right. (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, who she is, what she does, but in the spirit of minimalism, and we'll get there, um, she helps you get rid of stuff. So Rose, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, I am so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it all day. And yes, I am ready to talk about getting rid of stuff. It is going to be awesome. I'm hoping that the listeners, as they're listening, feel free to listen and get rid of stuff at the same time. You can do both. As they go. That is interactive podcasting. I (laughs) like that. That will be great. You guys heard that? Yeah. That was a call to action. (laughs) Rose, um, I think a lot of people know you from a tiny little TED talk that you did about towels. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about that before we get into some other questions that we have for you. Awesome. All right. So yeah, towels. It's funny. People talk to me about the towels a lot. And my TED talk did center around the towels. Now, obviously, if you watch it, you realize I'm talking about a lot more than towels. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the towels, it's interesting because my minimalism and simplicity journey started very much in my own personal life. It started with these towels. So I had kind of gotten turned on to minimalism. Very quick little backstory in my life. This was about about 10 years ago, I was a new full-time working mom. So I had two-year-old triplets and I had just gone back into the workforce full-time as a teacher. I was a middle school teacher. And so suddenly I'm trying to balance all these different, you know, plates. I'm trying to be a professional, you know, show up my job, ready to work and do a good job for my students. And then I'm coming home and I've got three two-year-olds at home, which is also a full-time job and really exhausting. And what I started finding was at the end of my day, I was just the only little bit of tiny little extra free time I had, I was picking up stuff and I was putting Mm -hmm. it away. And I was just dealing with papers and shoes and sippy cups and you Mm -hmm. name it, I was putting it away. It was exhausting and I had no time for myself. So a friend introduced me to this idea called minimalism, which I hadn't really heard about. I didn't think of it outside of the realm of art. I thought of, well, minimalist Mm -hmm. art or minimalist design, but she said, it's actually a lifestyle. So I started reading about it and there weren't a ton of people blogging about this at the time. Leo Babauta on Zen Habits was talking about it. Courtney Carver was talking about it. And then there was a woman named Miss Minimalist, Francine J. She was talking about it. So I got Francine J's book, started reading it. I got to chapter three and I think put the book down. I was like, I'm going, I am doing this. This (laughs) is for me. Yes. And so the first place I went, one of the first places I went was to my towel cupboard. Now, in retrospect, I know why. Um, It's because towels are not an emotional place to begin. It was easy to let go of them because there wasn't an emotional connection to them. Um, That's much different than letting go of photographs or things your children have given you, so on and so forth. But I started with the towels and I let I asked myself this question. And this was really the key for me was I started by asking myself, how many towels do you need? (laughs) Prior to that, I had asked myself questions about my stuff, but it was like, well, how many can you afford? Mm -hmm. How many can you fit in the cupboard? How many does the magazine tell you you're supposed to have? How many do your friends have? 
But I started by asking about need. And when I asked myself that question, I said, well, two per person is what we need. And what was so amazing was when I looked at the cover, I'm like, there's way more than 10 towels in here. Why did I think I needed all of them? I don't use all of them. And then going down to 10 felt really crazy and radical. So I actually asked my husband if it was okay. He's like, sure. He's like, we have more than two towels. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was cool with the 10. So, so we did that. And I also started blogging and writing about this at the same time, because I was really excited about this new idea of just letting go of stuff. And so we went down to 10 towels and I always tell the story because I say today, 10 years later, we still just have 10 towels Mm -hmm. total in the house. So it's a really good lesson in simplicity because what you find is you can live with a lot less than you think you can. You can definitely live with a lot less than society will tell you that you should. I, I, I love that because when I watched your TED talk, what came out, two things. First off, what I love is that you start with the towels because, because the towels are not something you see in the open space. It's tucked away in the cupboard. And, and for the people who know us, you know, we talk about suppressing thoughts. We, we, we think about the things that cloud our clarity that we have tucked away in closets, right? Not the things that are obvious. It's easy to address things that are lying around, right? All the keys and all the books and all the shoes and all that. But you started in a place... Um, that was invisible, but yet that was clouding you. So that's yeah. that's what I love because you also go on to say the three things, the three areas where you feel a mental impact, right? right? And one of yeah. which is clarity, which is a big thing for us because clarity is kind of like the starting point for anything, for mental health, for moving forward, for, for doing any kind of self-transformation. If you start in a place of noise, of confusion, right? Because your cupboard is full of linen and and towels and, you know, sheets and whatnot. Um, You can rearrange the couch as much as you want. You know, you can put it against the wall in the middle of the room and hang the frames around, but nothing's ever really going to change if you don't find that peace of mind and that clarity and, you know, that extra freedom of time and space for yourself. So, that's what really resonated with me when I realized, oh, that's actually agency of clarity, that minimalism, you know, that kind of minimalism. Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, when I started my business, then I would go to people's homes and everything was so neat and tidy. And mm-hmm. I would think, why did they call me? Why am I here? Everything looks on the surface looked perfect. It looked like you could do a magazine shoot. And then they opened the closet doors. Wow. (laughs) And then I understood what the problem was because I think kind of to your point, even if everything looks really clear and neat Mm -hmm. and put together on the surface, underneath, inside, mentally, emotionally, and then physically hidden away in the dark corners of our home, there can be chaos. And we might be the only ones who know about it. I mean, when I got rid of my towels, did it make a difference to anyone walking in my house? No, it didn't look any different. Mm -hmm. But to me, it actually was the catalyst that started this huge change because for me, it created more mental open space, Mm -hmm. which eventually allowed me to have the clarity to seek a different path in my life. But it's a lot of times we make changes like this and it's not visible to anyone else, but we feel it inside. And I always tell people that when you're dealing with your stuff, it's not actually about your stuff. It's about your feelings about your stuff. And if your stuff makes you feel ashamed or anxious or crowded or 
unclear, then letting go of it, physically letting go of it is actually a way to very directly open up more mental clarity, which will allow you to pursue whatever you want to pursue. Absolutely. The way that you just described that scenario, I pictured a human being and like a lot of our clients, you know, are squeaky clean on the outside. They're successful. They've got the car, the house of this and that. And like you said, you open up with one question. How are you really? What's in your cabinet? Ooh, things just yeah. start falling out. And that word that you said um, so many times, need, I don't think we really stop to ask ourselves what it is exactly. that we need. What exactly. is enough, right? Yeah, and you mm-hmm. you quote the magazines, right? You quote uh, like Home and Gardens and, you know, uh, Better Homes and all those magazines that tell us how we are supposed to be living. So they create... Like not needs, but they create desire, uh, cravings. Like, I want this. I want this. But we never really interrogate ourselves. Wait a second. Is it really, you know, is it really serving me in terms of a need? Or is it just aesthetically like opening my heart in a way that every time I look at it, I feel something, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's not just like wall art from Target that you have plastered all over your, your place and but I know I, I'm not judging Target here, but I'm just trying to say sometimes we don't even realize the disaster we invite into our homes. Yeah, it's very pervasive, the messaging that you should have more. More will make you happy. And if you look at, um, at advertising, advertising is appealing to your emotions, right? They're always saying this will make you more beautiful, more successful, more healthy, whatever it is that you want to be. And when I started the minimalism journey, and it's sort of like I had these ahas where I started thinking about, okay, how much do I need actually? And what is the excess doing to me? It started really changing the way I interacted as a consumer. Mm -hmm. And since you mentioned Target, I'll talk about Target. I I love Target, actually. I've got no problem with Target. I mean, who doesn't? All right. All right. Target has many great things. That's right. We are not being paid by Target. However, (laughs) you know, when you walk into Target, there's that first little area that's the dollar spot and it has all the little trinkets or whatever for a dollar. Yeah. There's a reason it's by the front door. And when I used to go to Target, I would take a little stroll, no matter what was on my list. I took a little stroll through the dollar spot and I'd get eight, 10 little, they're only a dollar, right? Things that I would load up in my cart, then I'd go get their stuff. And I remember when I started waking up to the idea of you really only need what you need and you're happier, mm-hmm. happier when you don't have the excess stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I walked into Target and I walked right by that dollar spot without Ooh. stopping. Ownership. I, had, I know, right? I felt like a total rebel. I kind of looked around like, <laughs> is anyone noticing this? That I am not you're not stopping? falling for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're not conscious and I think not aware of your consumption. Yeah. Then, then you're actually, when I used to walk into stores, it's like, I kind of walked into the store with the attitude of tell me what I need. Yeah. And then when I flipped the script and I took control, I said, no, I know what I need. And I'm going in here with an intentional plan of what I need. And you are helping me. Thank you, Target. You're helping me get what I need. It's a completely different yeah. relationship completely. where you as the consumer have the power and you're not kind of just mindlessly shopping yes. and consuming. And that is still a huge shift. From the yeah, way it, that I used to, you know, part with my dollars in the world. That, that is, I'm so glad that you made that connection because this is this is really what we do uh, to educate both businesses and consumers on meeting each other halfway uh, in terms of 
addressing needs and covering those needs with value that is actually relevant, right? But right now I have two decades of advertising in my backpack and I know exactly what you talk about when, uh, you know, when you say like we create these fake needs because we have products on the shelf that need to go, right? So we create this craving artificially with, you know, the whole methods and techniques that um, are at disposal for, you know, in advertising and in marketing, but nobody really asks themselves, that person that just entered my store, what does she need? What is it really something that will move her forward, that will take care of her, you know, make her happier, wealthier, wiser, a better person towards her kids, herself, whatever. Usually, traditionally, entrepreneurs don't ask themselves those questions. And then they create value that is not relevant. And I think um, someone who's kind of spearheaded what you just said about targets was IKEA. IKEA, you know, it's a furniture store. The items are usually in the hundreds, mm-hmm. but there's always the candle and there's always more coat hangers that you can buy, more than can fit in your closet. And they're always close to the entrance and close to the exit because it's just easy, right? It's just right. easy. <laughs> and, and we have adopted that kind of doing business and that kind of doing being a consumer, right? That, that now we, we're just, as you said, we have this automatic response to you tell me what I need. Mm -hmm. And then we end up not just with homes full of clutter, but with minds full of clutter and chatter. And and what that does, I wanted to address here is that it programs us in a way to then see the world that way. We then think that we need more. We need more money, more homes, more cars, more, more, more. And then our businesses become about getting more money so we can afford more of the stuff we don't need. And that creates bad businesses again, who feed consumers again into that, you know, that Mm -hmm. automatic. So it's a vicious circle, really. And and there's no end to that, right? Like where's the end of more? Yes. There's no end of more. The only end of more is when you decide enough. Yeah. Enough is a line that you have to draw in the sand as a business owner or as a consumer because nobody else is going to really draw that line for you. And it's just so interesting, everything you're saying. And and one thing that it made me think about was how decluttering actually can help that cycle a little bit. Because one of the things that I have found with my clients and my students is the process of going through all those purchases that we bought believing they would make us happier, they would make us smarter, they would make us better parents, better friends, better lovers, whatever, more, more, more. When we have to go through those things and take account for what we actually got from them, we often feel this like huge letdown because it didn't deliver on the promise, right? The new shoes didn't make us more fashionable and they didn't get us more dates and all of that tech didn't make us smarter or better business owners. And, And what happens though, after we kind of get past that, right? And we say, okay, I'm just letting it go, right? I'm gonna let it go physically and emotionally, let that go we move forward smarter. And so I never sat down to say, okay, I'm going to really examine my habits around consumption and I'm going to rethink and become more intentional. But as a result of going through my things, letting them go and realizing that I had amassed this pile of stuff that was supposed to make my life better and it didn't, guess what? That's what's going to make you walk by the dollar spot because you realize ain't nothing in there that's going to make your life better. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing. You could buy it all and get like a real quick little high, maybe on the like, you know, little purchaser's high. You got right. to treat, but it's not going to make you happier. And as a matter of fact, it's going to make you unhappy because that clutter, then it's going to impede your clarity, impede your ability to move through life fluidly, whatever you want to do. So I think the best way to wake up to some of these notions, obviously listening to this podcast, number one, obviously, very, very obviously. Number two, start going through your closets and letting go of what you don't need, because that is actually going to change your behavior because it's it's going to change your heart and your mind significantly. It was funny. One of my students at the end of my course, she once said, you know, you never really told us to stop shopping, but I've really stopped doing that mindless shopping. I'm like, I don't need to tell you to do that. You learn why you no longer want to do that by going through your things and going mm-hmm. through this process. Mm-hmm. It is a natural right. byproduct of examining our purchases and our collections. A natural byproduct will be you don't want to ever get yourself in that situation ever again. Yeah. You said something uh, really important there. Mindless, mindless mm-hmm. shopping, mindless eating, mindless watching TV. Um, and I wonder, I mean, Self-ownership, like that kind of strength to or acceptance of this is what I'm going to do for myself is so huge and is a big responsibility because it doesn't just impact you and the individual, which is fantastic, but it starts rippling through to your family, your friends, your, your communities. And like, in our opinion, schools should tweak things so that they get more what you need, not more, 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 because that's what kids are driven for, right? Competition, success, more, more. Uh, whereabouts in the spectrum would would you, in an ideal world, would minimalism come into play? That's such a great question. And I really think that when we're talking about educating people, which doesn't have to be traditional education, but allowing our influence to ripple out, I think it starts in the home. I mean, I'm a mom. I have three kids. They're 12 now. And I know that based on how they're seeing me live my life and and subsequently they kind of, they live in my house. So they live kind of the lifestyle that I'm (laughs) I'm proposing, right? They're triplets. Um, I think my kids are learning a certain lesson about life and about what matters. And there's a reason that our closets aren't stuffed with stuff. And there's a reason that we've never had a specific toy room with like tons and tons of toys. And there's a reason that we live in a a smaller home than we could afford. We could afford a bigger home, but there's a reason that we don't buy a bigger home. They're getting all of these different messages from the example that I am putting forth. My husband is putting forth as their parents. Now, I also think that my example is affecting other people. Obviously, I put myself out there on my blog and social media and my business, but I know that the ripple effect, it's so funny. I'll meet people in the grocery store who follow my blog and I don't know that they do. And they'll say, oh my gosh, you'll be so proud of me. Yesterday, <laughs> I went to my closet and I did this, this, and this. And the whole time I could just hear you in the background saying, yes, girl, go. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so proud. You know, like, I just want to build them up. That's but, so great. But, yeah. The impact we have as one single person actually can affect those around us. And I see this in my clients. Um, I have one client that I'm working with right now. She's a teacher. And she said, you know, other teachers have now started coming up to her and asking her, how are you doing this? Your room looks so nice and you're keeping on track of all the to-dos. And so she's teaching them and her impact is rippling out. So informal education, where should this idea of less is more come in? I mean, I think earlier is better. And as a former teacher, I know there's so many demands on education and 
we ask teachers to be not just the teacher, but the parent, the spiritual mm-hmm. advisor. There's so many, the, the provider of food. There's mm-hmm. so many things that our schools do for children nowadays. But I think for humans in general, and even in, within school districts, there is this, when I was a teacher, it was always like, here's the next initiative. Here's the next thing. We're going to teach this, this, and this. I think simplicity in education would help our students thrive. So just as a comparison, my two boys go to public school. My daughter goes to a Montessori school. She has some special learning needs that she does better there. But the Montessori approach is very simple, simple stripped down. Mm-hmm. Students are allowed to go at their own pace. There aren't as many like hit this benchmark, hit this benchmark. Yeah, I love that. Now that. I love that. And yeah. she is thriving in this environment. So, and it is, it's, there's minimalism and simplicity in her environment that is not present in public schools because of the way similar to, to advertising, like it's been just injected with this idea of more. The students can do this. Now we want them to do this more, 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 higher yeah, test yeah. scores, higher this. So I think if the system itself valued simplicity, that would be passed along to the people teaching children and it would be passed along to the children to their great benefit. Those are huge changes. So I, I advocate the listeners starting with yourself and your immediate sphere of influence because you have no idea how many lives that you touch. And if you start decluttering your towels and cleaning out your closets, you're going to make a difference in your home with the people that come to your home, the people who live in your home, your neighbors, your coworkers. It is a powerful ripple effect and we can affect others way more than we, than we think we can just through the power of our own example and choices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You said it, you said it, the ripple effect. We rely on that so much. Thank you so much for taking us into your closet you know, <laughs> let us look at your towels and uh, yes. make us investigate our own closet. Um, it's emotional work. It is emotional work. It is has all to do and everything to do with emotion. So um, this is not just about cleaning up your house. This is about cleaning up your life and, you know, getting yourself ready to move forward and lead a better life. So in that respect, thank you so much for for this. Where can people find out about you, Rose, your blog, um, share your social handles with us that we'll put it in the show notes. They got to reach out. Awesome. Well, if your listeners are on social media, two great places to find me. One is Instagram and my handle is at Rose Lounsbury and I'll spell it for you listening. R-O-S-E Lounsbury is L-O-U-N-S-B-U-R-Y on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called minimalism is fun. And that's a great place to hang out and have community with other people who want to simplify their lives. And my website is sort of the hub of everything. And that is roselounsbury.com. And that's where you will find my blog. You will find my TED talk, other talks that I have done. Um, And if you are looking to start this journey, I also have a free uh, simplicity starter guide that is on the website. And it's just a PDF download that will take you on a tour through your house, ask you the questions that I would ask if I was there with you. Based on your answers, you create a checklist of the areas to start like a, so you have a beginning point because the number one thing I hear from people is they don't know where to begin. And so the mm-hmm. goal of that is to help you find a beginning point. And again, you can go to roselounsbury.com and you will find that starter guide as a free gift for anyone who wants it. That's amazing. I want it. Thank you so much, Rose. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on to chat more. Uh, thank you both so much. This was an absolute blessing.
If you like what you heard and you want to continue on the path towards achieving your own happy work, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified of weekly episodes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for at The Y Story.